Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I'm excited about our new format. Our goal is to be practical. And this season, we are focusing on questions from the field. So I think you have one queued up from a recent caller. Correct. And by the way, don't forget, if you want to leave us a phone uh, message that we can use on the show, it's at 407-900-9305. That's 407-900-9305. And here's our question for today. My name is Brenda Timothy. I work with grades 9 to 12. Um, I, I teach life skills. And my question is, how can public schools do a better job of preparing kids for life after high school by exposing them to different working areas as far as careers so that they don't think college is the only option because they all have different skills? Thank you. So Becky, I'm excited. So got some thoughts there for our friend, Timothy. Thanks for leaving us a a question. I do. I I have several thoughts for Timothy and some of these, Lisa, we might've talked about before when we were talking about transition, but Timothy, since you mentioned specifically the classroom, I'll reference first a conversation I just had with a good friend and colleague here in Florida on this exact same topic. And one of the first thoughts in my mind is we need to revitalize our actual school and classroom space so that it looks more like and operates more like real world and and real jobs. So for example, she walked me through a FaceTime of her classroom and we talked about, well, how can we set this up so that this looks like a storefront over in this area so that students are actually in a space that that looks and feels like a real job setting instead of a classroom that's got a couple of things just thrown in there. And in in thinking about that and and thinking about transforming our existing environment, um, we we talked about having possibly other student groups on campus help decorate, help, you know, again, revitalize our space. We talked about finding real jobs on our campus in the office, for example, that students might do. Um, And I think back to this term job carving And if we maybe look even on our own campuses to start at how we can do some job carving and create some real experiences for employment on our campus. And job carving means, especially for students with more significant disabilities, it means uh, looking at any existing job and then breaking it down into small parts to determine, well, what's one part of that job a student could do? So for example, If we looked in our front office and we wanted, you know, we may have students who might not be able to manage an entire job in that office. However, they might be able to manage a single part of it, possibly. Um, It could be something clerical. It might be something um, customer service based where they're interacting with the public. It's really starting to look at jobs and break them down into small pieces. And I, and I do think that, that by creating some spaces on our campus as a very first step um, and providing kids some real world experience outside the classroom, revitalizing the space inside the classroom to look like it so I can practice in a safe space, 
then take it one step further right outside my classroom. And Lisa, I'll share some ideas for out in the community after you share your thoughts. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to being a mom for a moment and put on that practical hat. I think one of the, the best things that my son had the chance to do is they had job shadows. Now I know under our certain pandemic time, that would be a little bit harder, but why not let them virtually shadow somebody through phone or what have you? And I'm going to be honest with you, Timothy, this may make me sound bad listeners, but I literally looked for what are the top 10 jobs that my son could get without a college degree? Because at that point in time, we weren't even sure he was going to get a high school diploma. And I still tell you today one that he's been very interested in that pays a lot of money, by the way, Becky, if you didn't know, is elevator repairman, mm-hmm. six-figure job. Um, it's an apprenticeship. But he then shadowed some of those jobs and made a lot of decisions early on, like, yeah, that one's not for me because you have to sit at a desk. So I also think it goes back to something we men- mentioned earlier, is knowing your students and doing things like strength profiles, like Thrively looking at certain things that might take kids in that direction, but just giving them the chance to meet folks. And then I'll let you share. I know you've got a a plethora of ideas here. I have other one small little simple tip, but I'll let you share kind of your ideas of getting them out onto the web. And I think some resources there, Becky. Well, I think your idea of of, of virtual job shadowing is another great one. And again, Timothy, let's think about you know, how this could look in our classroom and where we would even start. And it starts by finding volunteers, a lot of times working with kids with more significant needs. I relied on family and friends. And in this case, an example, my sister-in-law cuts hair. She owns her own business. If I asked her, hey, can I put a camera? (laughs) You know, can you can you let us FaceTime into your business? And um for X number of minutes per day so that it's projected on a screen, but I can talk about what's happening in there and what you're actually doing in there. Um, and then, I'm, sh- you know, she would gladly do something like let us interview her later. But I think we sometimes make it a really formal process. And, and often it starts with who are the persons of convenience that we can work with um, parents at the school. So that idea of a, of, of a career day, but but now it's not just interviewing people, it's literally broadcasting from and showing them while you, Timothy, kind of talk with your students about what's happening on the screen. I think that's a great idea. Um, some of the more formal tools that are out there, and these are the ones that you may be familiar with, are things like ONET online. It's just O hyphen N-E-T. And that is, that is kind of the definitive website, <clears throat> excuse me, in the area of careers and jobs. And Lisa, I've heard that um, vocational is actually going to get a big lift mm-hmm. in the coming years. And I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a real bounce back into looking at some of those things. So we need to keep our eyes open. There's another website and I've mentioned it before, but if you have not checked it out, it's called Identifor. Spell that. It's I-D-E-N-T-I-F-O-R, Identifor. Identifor, thanks. And Identifor is a game-based platform in which kids of all abilities play different games. There's a lot of games on there. And the, the computer analyzes the gameplay, the decision-making, and starts to recommend jobs that it looks like you might be interested in just based on those subconscious things about yourself. 
So in Identifor, it will create a dashboard for every student and it actually links up with ONET. So they literally gather the data and then push out to you sample jobs that you might be interested in. And so if we think about how we kind of loop this together, maybe we start with kids on the computer doing some things to get some information. Then we get some recommendations. And then I, as the teacher, look at what the profiles of my classroom are. And that's when I start setting up these remote observations or setting up these places in my classroom that I can start training kids in jobs that appear to be a good fit. Yeah. And, you know, Becky, I think that fit is so important. And I think it's a perfect time, you know, for all of us who work with students at Timothy's level in the in the high school to make sure students know their disabilities, know their rights. And the Department of Labor under their job seeker side has a place that talks about disability resources. And one of my personal favorite things to recommend for our students who say, you know, I'm going to drop out and do nothing and sit on the couch and, you know, watch uh, you know, soap operas or whatever you watch these days, uh, binge watch TikTok. I know that dated me, didn't it? Did. All right. So binge watch YouTube and TikTok. It's a good laugh though. But I really think that, that those students meeting students with similar differences like themselves, both culturally, gender, uh, race, class, and disability really can be super helpful. And so think about past students that have graduated that have been successful. Ask them again to come into your classroom and do a little five minute like, hey, I had no clue what I wanted to do as a freshman, but now I'm making, you know, six figures running at manager at X, Y, and Z. And so don't always pick those students who just took the college path, but give students those career paths. Like I know right now the number one skill beyond engineers is welders. You know, what a great thing, but many of our students, often it isn't that they don't see a future, they don't know of a future because maybe they haven't been exposed to that, especially our students who struggle with those social emotional skills. They tend to uh, only see the glass less than half full, and maybe we want them to meet some people that have a fairly full glass that maybe struggled themselves would be my, my last recommendation. Well, I think that's a great point. And for those kids who might have more significant needs, um, I do think that we rethink how we train and prepare. So we get away from something that feels like this, you know, old fashioned sheltered workshop approach. And let's see how we can make it more vibrant and more engaging with immediacy. And so, Timothy, your first step, in my opinion, go to your drama department, see who designs the sets see who on your campus is good at creating spaces and start thinking about and planning for um, how you can bring your classroom to life in terms of a new place to train for the community. Well, we thank you for that question. And again, don't be shy in sending us questions on Facebook or at Access Practical on our Twitter feed. And again, if you'd like to leave us a voice message that we could use your question, it's 407-900-9305. Thank you for that question. And we look forward to seeing you watch soap operas with us in the future. (laughs)